Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And you're right, Carolyn. <laughs> just say, great. <laughs> I knew that all along. I'm just glad you finally come to the conclusion. I bet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bet <laughs> other people, Tim probably has said that to you before. Uh, and you think to yourself, finally. You're right, Carolyn. What am I right about? <laughs> Those are fantastic words. <laughs> well, yes, I should go ahead and set this up since our podcast listeners weren't here right before we began to record. You said you never knew what was coming. This is true. And you're right. <laughs> but. Can I get that in writing? <laughs> yes, you can get that right. But you feel that, as they say, you feel that ball very well. Carolyn, if I told you, which I'm about to. Okay. If I told you that we could, in today's podcast, give our podcast listeners the key to unlocking every door, every door that otherwise might seem locked, every door that they might encounter uh, throughout life, as with passage, and that that key would never fail them. They could get into anything and everything that otherwise we would hope would be good uh, and godly. Do you think they'd tell us that we were right? <laughs> hmm. I think it depends on their belief or agreement in what we say is the key to what... I have an idea what I think the key is, but I, I would be curious as to what our listeners think the key is. Well, I would suspect that most of the folks that are listening to us, believing there are some uh, out there, are going to understand that it's probably going to have something to do with Jesus because that's what we're all about. Mm -hmm. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry, the Christian part especially. Uh, so that... You know, it's pretty easy, right? When you say, well, it's Jesus, then most of them are going to say, yeah, that's true. Eh, I think that's too much of a surface answer. Do you really think so? <laughs> I would add, Remember, you're the right one here. I would, uh, well, I don't know about that. I would tack on a action to that. Well, let's just see. You want to? <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's go for we'll, it. We'll kind of unpack it as we do or inclined okay. to do on the podcast, and we'll just see. Okay. And uh, I may not be right. <laughs> well, and sometimes we do get right feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's both. For the most part, it's good, but it's not always. They don't always say we're right. Sometimes they come right out and say we're wrong, and that's okay too. But. I think if we keep taking it back to Jesus, even if that's kind of, as you said, really not as deep as we like to go, and, and probably most of our listeners understand if they've listened before, this is all set up. Not setting you up, but, and not setting them up, but it's a set. So here we go. Let's just see. <clears throat> Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed, should I continue? Because that in of itself is kind right. of like, uh, I don't know. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. What's right? For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Should I continue? Go ahead. <laughs> You know, again, you're right. If nobody really understood the message of Christ, uh, they could get easily confused because there's some places you would go to, you would hear this sermon. We've all probably had some familiarity with this sermon, and <laughs> it isn't mine, by the way, uh, if you couldn't tell by the old English. Uh, although I'd probably speak that way sometimes. But it is not necessarily when you really understand it and you spend a moment to listen to it, uh, there's a lot of things mm -hmm. that are blessed that we might not think are right. Ye are the salt in our human nature. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Out there for public, all the public mm -hmm. to see this. Mm -hmm. All this stuff that so far this service has been about. It's a public thing, it's not even a private thing. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. This doesn't sound like good works in the sense of a more secular human, I guess, measure, definition of a win, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled." Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, that's us, right? We're, we're doing, trying to do both, right? The doing and the teaching. The same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness, Carolyn, you're right, shall exceed the righteousness Listeners, you're right. Of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, of course, this is a Sermon on the Mount, and <laughs> it's Jesus. It's all red, red letter. Carolyn, if that's right, how come most of the world, even in some Christian contexts, Christian circles, might construe that to be wrong? I mean, we're talking about a lot of stuff here. Poor in spirit, mourning, meekness, hunger and thirst, merciful, which is like, in and of itself, that sounds pretty positive, but mercy is like somebody who's mean to you, somebody who's done you some evil 
or with intention harmed you, you have to be merciful toward them. Hmm. A lot of <clears throat> rough, hard things. And I would say <laughs> that nobody's uh, lining up to sign up for those, those things to go through. But Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. So it's not a matter of if those things are going to happen to us. It's just a matter of when. And then what do we do with that? And I think that's what we're getting at. Those harsh words and hunger and thirst, things that we don't really want to go through, Jesus is telling us that not only is it going to happen to you, but that he is showing us what's going to happen when those things come upon us. Well, remember I said this is the key. Mm -hmm. This would be the key that would unlock all the doors, not only within material dimension or material manifestation, mm -hmm. but spiritually move all power that is in heaven spiritually mm -hmm. in such a manner or way as to bring to fulfillment, accomplishment. Jesus said that. The law and the prophet. Prophecy. Well, and I need to, <laughs> now that we've dug a little bit, I need to reconsider my word and let our listeners know that when I mention about, I would add an action word to that. Let's not forget that it is nothing that we can do or that we've done that can compare to what Jesus can do. So the answer is going to be Jesus, which is like our Sunday school answer, whatever, you know, and you're like, Jesus, and that's the right answer. But it really is. And then when we tack anything onto that, then we're adding, it's not, it's Jesus plus nothing. So there's not anything we can add on to that. However, I feel like the key for us, when you opened up, no matter what the situation is, I always have my go-to, no matter what it is you're going through, the answer is going to be to trust God. Mm -hmm. That's going to be your answer. Well, and this passage, mm -hmm. this Sermon on the Mount, is commonly referred to as the B-attitudes. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm not a word scholar, wordsmith. Uh, wordsmith? I'm, certainly not, I'm word? certainly not an Old Testament scholar. Uh, but I think the B part and the attitude part, they kind of go together in this way. Mm -hmm. Certainly have this attitude, mm -hmm. uh, have this paradigm, this mindset in place, but the being is really a commandment. Mm -hmm. You can say it's not a commandment. You can say it's a suggestion. You can say that it's sort of aspirational. Mm -hmm. uh, you can say it's kind of moral or moralizing. Is that a word or whatever it is <laughs> that we might then otherwise express and say, well, you know, this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's what really Jesus meant. I think he meant no. be it and have that mindset. And I know we're not going to be perfect at it, mm -hmm. but Jesus is the answer. And, and certainly not only is he giving the answer, but he's there to help us as we go through all those doors as, mm -hmm. as maybe in that same sort of manner. Not only are his words the key, but he's the key, the Holy Spirit, the 
current dispensation of Jesus in this world, the manifestation in the Holy Spirit. We know him, we, we feel him, we sense him, we have, and even our mortality, our carnal nature, we know the Holy Spirit is there with us. Christ is there with us in, in the paraclete. But he wants us to do these things. Mm-hmm. Knowing is not the same as doing. And so the Pharisees knew a lot, but and they did they did some things too, but knowing all those things, I mean the Bible talks about, you know, even the demons know things. I mean to know it and do it is different. And I think that when we believe it in our heart, see the difference between the head knowledge and the heart knowledge, when we know it in our head, yeah, that's Good to know. Jesus, you know, yeah, he said a lot of good things and he gave us good advice. But then to believe it in our heart causes us to act on that because it becomes a belief which determines our behavior. So then when we believe what he's saying, then we'll act on it. And you said we won't do it perfectly. That's important to point out. People think there's a standard and there is a a standard of holiness that, that God talks about, but we are striving to follow and walk like Jesus. Not that we're going to attain Jesus' righteousness, but we, or excuse me, <laughs> his perfection, not his righteousness. But well, he does give us a cloak of righteousness. Right. That's why I wanted to correct myself on that. But we we have to act on it. Well, I don't you think can't we be can a just... hypocrite either, and, and that's what Jesus was saying. I, mm-hmm. I finished with verse 20. Uh, this is, by the way, Matthew 5. But, like the Pharisees. Yeah, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, mm-hmm. you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so you can't do it hypocritically. Mm-hmm. Now, arguably so, you could say, well, okay. But really, it's the Holy Spirit doing it through you. It's not really even you. And if you try to do too much of that out of yourself then you're going to get into trouble. And I've heard a lot of good sermons. At least they were well-constructed. I don't know that their end point was a full discernment or full revelation uh, where they concluded at because they seem to always be suggestive of, well, just put Jesus in your heart and everything will work out. And that's like you were saying. Jesus is the key. But there's a bit more to that. And then there's, I think, a lot of people that get discouraged along the way when it doesn't work out. Exactly. And then they begin to realize he was being very literal here yeah. when he was saying all these things that we've mm-hmm. read, that he mm-hmm. taught, that are part of the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. all these things, especially the meat part. Mm-hmm. He meant that. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to right. go through these things. Right. These are, And not only are you going to go through them, but because you're going to do that in some dimension of testimony, public testimony, mm-hmm. Otherwise, nobody else is really going to want to do this stuff. You don't even go around and preach this sermon. Nobody likes to hear this sermon. Right. I'm not saying that I do it any better than those others that I've heard because I do want to make sure that I balance that out. Mm -hmm. But I I don't think we could ever say, though, it still happens to you. It, It may not be your redeemed soul, your eternal soul, the, the aspect of God that lives within you now that you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, but your human soul, your carnal soul, it's going to happen to. 
And this stuff is not easy to hear. Right. And it's much even more difficult once you hear it and you commit to entering into that, rightly entering into communion with Christ. It's hard to do. Absolutely. And that I Other just, people are going to see you. Yeah. That's really the only way that I think you can truly persuade them. Otherwise, they're going to think you're a hypocrite. Right. When they see us live out those verses, when they see us taking comfort in God's Word and how the Holy Spirit ministers to us, because everyone is going to mourn, everyone is going to go through something. And when they see us, <clears throat> excuse me, shining our light on the hill, like you mentioned earlier, when they see us not drowning, but yet being held up by Christ and going through it and surviving that storm, not being removed from every storm. I think it's such a disservice that we do to, to new believers. And, you know, well, you have Jesus in your heart now and everything's going to be fine. And, you know, it, it, like they're entering in some new land that's <laughs> problem free and we're still in this world. We're not of it, but we're still in it. People still get sick. People still die. And especially that verse about blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted. There was a time that that verse just ministered to me so much. And he didn't remove the situation, but he got me through it. And so I, I just feel like those verses, that's how we are to be. Our attitude is to let him use us, minister to us, and go through it with us. And, <laughs> I agree, everything you're saying. And, and I wouldn't want to change it. And, Carolyn, you're right. What else would you expect? Right. <laughs> I'm and, just kidding, listeners. And, this is really the essence of the Old Testament. I mean, this is the Old Testament. This is the first covenant. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to, hopefully in today's podcast, continue that a little bit. We're going to go a little further with the continuation of these verses, the, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew. But this is also the first of the two great commandments. This is all that part about knowing who God is. This is all that part about loving God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Mm -hmm. This is coming to terms with, this is the requirement, it's the key, but it's the requirement of God. Mm -hmm. And if you ever move off of that, you're not going to, you're going right. to fail. You're not going to succeed. Mm -hmm. The key will work in the door. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the key, but it's also maybe the anointing that goes with it. Uh, the person's heart that turns the key. But if you don't understand that, my guess is that you're not going to really embrace exactly. righteousness mm -hmm. as really we understand it to be when we say Jesus is the key. Because all these things that Jesus captured in these verses is a penalty for sin. It's the human nature. It's the sin nature. We have to die mm -hmm. to self. To then be born again. And to be born again is to not just end up in dying, but to understand that there's then a part two. Mm -hmm. There is the second of the commandments. 
and to love others as you love yourself. But as you've been saying, you can't do that except your heart be changed. But how does your heart change? It changes by accepting this commandment. You have to start with the Old Testament. And you can never lose sight of it. You, do, you, do you live in it? You can to some extent in the material, in the carnal, but you're not going to get saved by it because you're not going to then take that into action mode. You, you may have an attitude and a mindset, but when it comes right down to it, you're going to say, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You may not even say it quite that way, but that's what I'd like to do is I hear all those great sermons and I'd like to be the one that stands up in you know, the congregation, not really. But I would want somebody to stand up and say, okay, then let's do that now. Let's embrace this idea that we're all, they don't want to preach the death part. They don't want to preach the Old Testament part because they're preaching to itching ears. Nobody wants to do the work anymore these days. Right. They just want... Hand it to me. They just, yeah, just give it to me. Give mm-hmm. it to me. Absolutely, and I was thinking it's hard to do even the first commandment if we don't know Him, if we don't trust Him enough to give Him everything, even just salvation, to give Him our heart. We have to know His... And see, that's the thing. He came to us. You know that picture, <laughs> the the typical Jesus standing at the door, getting ready, you know, I'm knocking at the door. But He came to us. He loved us first. And so, and then we respond back to that. But we have to know His love for us before we can even do the first commandment. How can we even love Him with everything that's in us if we don't even understand, you know, His love for us, which I don't think we can fully understand that on this earth. But we can capture a glimpse of it, that He loved us enough to die for us. It's John 3.16. Well, the only... Right. You're right, Carolyn. The only way, though, that I think we can embrace that love Mm -hmm. is also embrace what that love is designed to save us from. Absolutely. If we don't understand what it is that we're being saved from, then though we may be saved, (laughs) Mm because I can do that for my son. Mm -hmm. He's a great guy. He's a great man. Uh, But some stuff, he has still no comprehension of what I've spared him. I know that sounds narcissistic, but if I might allow myself to at least have some consolation that maybe I'm sort of lined up with God or I might be in a position to help somebody else. And that isn't just, again, my son. That's what we're saying. It should be everybody that we come in contact with. We're salt and light. But he doesn't even know what he doesn't know. What has been taken care of for him Mm -hmm. because it's not even hit his awareness yet. Mm -hmm. But you really won't know then the fullness of God's love for you until you come to a full awareness of you and your sin nature and the iniquity that's within you. And if we don't preach those sermons, or at least we omit that from the sermon, we're Mm -hmm. just, again, telling everybody they're great. Right. (laughs) And it's just out of love. And, And if you're struggling and you're striving then it's probably because you really just don't understand how much God loves you. But they can't understand that because they've not been saved yet. They've been saved, but they've not been saved yet. They've not seen that in action. Mm -hmm. They've not had the experience of that. Maybe some have, but even then, those that have, most don't want to go back there. I've done this once. 
I put, I did my part. Mm-hmm. I paid the price. Let's not ever do that again. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through this too, mess. Too much I don't work. want to lose a friend. I don't want somebody to die. I don't want somebody to steal from me. I don't want anybody to lie to me. I'm going to keep myself. But I think that's where, and I think there's some merit in preaching that the Old Testament is insufficient. Because if you're relying on that only in a flesh sort of nature to keep you from having to go through this, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You'll always be lied to. You'll always be stolen from. They'll always cheat you. They'll always steal from you. And you know, Carolyn, somebody might actually want to kill you one day. Mm-hmm. Even if you're right, they may want to, as Jesus said, persecute you. Mm-hmm. As they did the prophets. This is true. I just, I can't help but think about that um, awareness and that moment. It wasn't really a moment. It was over time that I kind of became aware of what I was saved from. And someone once told me, you have to look at that. You can't just pretend, you know, people will say, well, he saved me from my sin. What exactly is that? What did he save you from? And then when we have that sort of awareness come out, it really changed my perspective. And I I realized how small I was viewing God, even though I didn't believe that. If somebody asked me, I would have never admitted that because I didn't, I didn't know it. It's like your son. We don't know what we don't know. And once we we become aware, I spoke with somebody the other day, um, one of my clients about awareness and how that's going to be a big factor. And that's where we're going to start is with this awareness because sure, we can jump right in the middle, but if we're not really aware of what we believe and where we see God in this picture and where do we see us in this picture, then then we're just surface scratching. You know, we're just not really getting to the heart of the matter. Well, somebody else is always going to have to die for you if you don't understand that premise of that somebody has died for you and his name is Jesus, mm-hmm. that God chose not to go the way of humankind mm-hmm. or even the Old Testament. In the sense that God gave the law, but he gave it to us because we weren't ready for this until Jesus came. Until this moment, as would be captured then in the scripture that I'm reading this morning, when Jesus is sharing the message. Mm -hmm. This is the key, folks. This is how you unlock all the doors, not only in, in material existence, in your mortality, overcoming your mortality, but in that overcoming the heavenly kingdom too. But it's now. It's not just for then. You can enjoy it now. But our way is to kill people. Mm-hmm. Our way is to judge who's right or who's wrong. And again, I may not lift up a weapon against you, but I can kill you in my heart. Right. I can kill you in my head. Mm-hmm. I can have a motive of murder. Mm-hmm. And never commit the act is a premeditated yes. We're all murderers. <laughs> you know, the devil is a murderer. Mm-hmm. The thief cometh to kill. Seal and destroy. But God isn't. And that's also what we're trying to say is, or what we're trying to do, or where we're trying to go, is to raise the awareness, Mm -hmm. to generate the insight of really the difference. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't come around and say we love one another, and I love you, and he did it. (laughs) And how would you know except that he would put himself in that position? Not that God killed Jesus. We killed Jesus because Jesus, just like us, and that's, I believe, a big part of that message, don't let death be your measure of your life. 
God's intention is not to kill you. You just have to die in a mortal material because we're carnal creatures. That's, again, iniquity and sin, and the penalty is death. Mm -hmm. But we just have to realize God never intentioned for us to die. He's intentioning to free our soul so that we might live eternally forever. Mm -hmm. In whatever aspect, whatever way that might look Mm -hmm. in the future, but that's the difference between us. And then, and then we're going to shift gears here. Well, first, I'm going to remind our podcast listeners who are listening to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. So now we're going to go into the second of the great commandments. Oh, boy. <laughs> right? To love others as you love yourself. Would you say this the more difficult commandment? Well, I'm, yes, you're absolutely right, Carolyn. You can't do this except you would get the first one. Right. You can't. I can't love you. I can say I love you. I can even measure that out with some judgment. But I'm going to end up being angry at you, and maybe I'm not a murderer. Maybe I've got enough Jesus in me, and I understand it enough to know that I can't lift up a weapon against you. Not that I have any intentions to do that. (laughs) But, or anybody else. But at the same time, though, I can say all those things, but... If I'm secretly wishing for your demise, if I'm looking at you and say, well, you know, you're wrong, and I just hope that it finally proves itself out that you're wrong, uh, I'm just looking for you to fail. That's what you deserve. You deserve to fail. You know why? Because you're not doing it right. You're doing Mm. it wrong. That's dangerous. And even in my righteousness, self-righteousness, even in what I might proclaim as righteousness, I still can't do it that way. Mm -hmm. I have to do it in love. I can call you out. Like I said, I might want to stand up and challenge the sermon a bit. But I can't I can't kill the the panic I can't stone them. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to crucify him or her or whoever it might be. I just want to say, you know, you're leading a lot of people astray. You're not bringing the, the awareness. You're not bringing the insight that's necessary to make that discernment. It's not just good words. It's not just telling people what to do. Live it. And if you can't live it and I can't see testimony of it against salt and light, I am probably not going to follow you. I'm going to discern that. Now, maybe I discern that partly with my head because I know right from wrong. I know the Old Testament well enough to know right from wrong. But I discern it more importantly, most importantly, from my heart. I can tell the hypocrite. And that includes narcissists all this will go a long way. So here we are. Verse 21. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. I wonder if that's Jesus, the gift. First, or as with Abraham, mm-hmm. the sacrifice. Uh, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, 
And the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the utmost or uttermost farthing. So Carolyn, you know, we can judge a lot of things. But if we don't do that out of not only our understanding of the word, and that would be again Old Testament for the material, the mortal, the carnal, Mm -hmm. intellectual part of us. But if we don't have the conversion, we don't accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and embrace this in the way we've been talking about it, then all of our judgments are going to just be, again, superficial. And with that, they have one intention in mind, and that is only to win in a material sort of way. And what is winning in a material sort of way, at least the way that seems right unto us? It is me, not you. Selfishness. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original sin. Yes. That's what it will lead back to. That's exactly, I was thinking. And you're going to be angry. It's Cain and Abel. And you're going to be bitter. Mm -hmm. And you may not have a club or a gun Mm -hmm. or a knife, a weapon, in that way. But your weapons are your evil thoughts. Mm -hmm. Your weapons are your intentions to take somebody down, to destroy them, to trip them up. Mm -hmm. Just even, maybe even, you can be right. Mm -hmm. Just to cause them that grief that you think was unfairly put upon you. But that's not how God looks at that. Hmm. God looks at that as in, well, you know, that might be at least moving in the right direction that you understand you can't kill somebody, but that's still not a good motive. And if Hmm. you show that motive, then you're also testifying that your heart's not been changed. And how do we know your heart's changed? The B attitudes, you have to do the second of the great commandments. You have to love others as you've come in Christ, in God, to understand what love is when it comes to yourself. That's not selfish. That's God loving you so that you won't be selfish. Or if there's a selfish dimension to all humanity, that's God's best answer at not crucifying, sacrificing other people to make you feel good. So, David, I'm going to ask you a question. (laughs) Just as long as it's not hard. Uh, Yeah. So, what does that look like when we act like that? Say we're believers and somebody, somebody makes us mad, somebody upsets us, and then immediately our go-to is... Like you said, our thoughts are become weapons. Our tongue becomes a sword. So where where are we on that spectrum of, of loving others? And does that mean that we're not a true believer if we act like that? Well, that isn't such the hard question I thought you might ask me, Carolyn, because I'm just going to continue. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not the entire or the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it 
from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. It hath been said, Whosoever should put his way his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Again, you have heard that it hath been said by them of old times, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Should I go on? Sure. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. I know. It's from Jesus. They can't they can get mad at me for reading it. They can even get angry at me for my interpretation. They can revile me for it, but they can't tell me that it's wrong. I'm reading it word for word. You've heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, thou that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. Or turn not thou away. Hmm. <laughs> There's more. Go ahead. Well, those are all things that we're supposed to be doing as believers. You're only going to do it if you're hard. I mean, to answer your question, that's what it looks like. It looks like this, but it only happens because you've got the first one down. Mm -hmm. The first of the two great commandments. Right. It only happens if you really understand what the Old Testament does. God did not use it to persecute us with the intention of killing us. He used it to help us to raise our awareness and understand. You may think you got it right, and even to some extent, reciprocity does work. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's far lesser than what God wants. Right. God wants us to be free from all of this. Now, does that mean you have to continue to allow people to do this to you over and over and over again? Not the same person, maybe, but they're going to. Right. Because exactly. there's more lost than there are going to be saved. We know that. The numbers are against us. Mm -hmm. But if you run around telling everybody, well, just don't worry about it. Turn the They're not going to do that. They're too mm -hmm. smart. Mm -hmm. They're wise as serpents, as the passage would go. They know too much about the material world. Mm-hmm. And they're going to default to some mentality like the Old Testament. But if you really equip someone, if you teach someone, if you demonstrate it with your life, then you have the disciples and you have Jesus and then you have the upper room and then you have the disciples as a consequence of Jesus teaching them, living it with them, showing it with them. When he did give his life in this way that he's telling us we need to, it's part of God's ordinance that we do this, that there will be resurrection mm -hmm. that will overcome that. And not only will there be resurrection overcome that, but as we've been saying, He's going to give us the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost, the paraclete will come unto us to give us the strength to endure. To lead us in knowledge and wisdom and understanding, but to comfort us mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. But if you don't say all that other stuff, then you're just telling somebody to go out and do it. And 
you know, they're not going to do it. They don't understand it. Right. They don't embrace it. Mm-hmm. They don't realize it's a heart thing. And I don't know that all faith comes from the heart, but I don't know. It's an argument that, you know, intellectually I can say I'm brave and I might do something just out of sheer willpower, but I just don't know that that is anything but a heart thing. Bravery and courage to, to do these type of things, that's a heart thing. Hmm. It definitely has to come from within. And that saying, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket, it will come out what's in our heart. And so um, I wish I could say that my heart was always... Um, 100% pure, but sometimes I have those thoughts, and and I don't like that, but I know that God is with me in that, and that there's redemption, there's forgiveness, but that is the hardest part, is to live that out, and that's the most important part. It is the hardest part, but it's the most important part, because the lost are seeing us live out this world. And that's why it's so important, our responses to things. I feel like, you know, they they see how we respond to things. And, you know, that's, that's my go-to is we're going to look to God in this. We're going to look for the good, and we're going to trust Him. And if you don't like that, you can take it up with Him because that's, that's how He directed us to be, to tr- to go there with Him and through it, knowing that He'll be in it with us. What is your salvation? Because now we're in the New Testament, the New Covenant. Mm-hmm. Because it is your salvation. Because you're not going to make it if you don't have it established in the manner and way that we're talking about it. Right. If you've really not come to that level of understanding of what this is about mm-hmm. and that level of being able to have at least in some awareness sort of yeah. sense a desire mm-hmm. to test this thing, mm-hmm. to put yourself in a position of such to test this, to see if it's true, to understand even that the Holy Spirit would come. They had to go through grief. Mm -hmm. They had to see Jesus die. He said, I must needs go so the Holy Spirit can come. But until you go through that, and then they were together as in one accord. Mm -hmm. They were not going to have the day of Pentecost. It was not going to happen. But that's not only for them, it's for us. It may not be as dramatic, although I don't know about you, the worst things I've ever gone through, I would have wanted more, but there was always someone there. Mm -hmm. And how do you make it through it? You don't think you can. Yeah, they'll walk through the valley of shadow. You don't think you can. Shadow of death. You don't think you can. Until God shows you. Mm -hmm. Jesus shows himself. Mm -hmm. And once you understand that, experience that in that way, Mm Maybe you don't want to go through it again. Maybe it'll take a couple times. Fortunately, it's not always of that magnitude of loss. You know, sometimes it's just day-to-day things. But if you can't trust Him enough and wait upon Him, I don't know, it'll take 40 days, but wait upon Him, you're not going to believe this in the way that it will save you. Now, I'm not saying that there's not salvation because Jesus said in that earlier in those earlier verses, least in the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. But I want to be greater in the kingdom of heaven. I'm sorry. That's my I guess maybe that's my flesh talking, 
but I want to do better than that. I don't want to be least. And not only selfishly, but I don't mind if I get something like this from it. To right. enter into his suffering, to enter into communion with Christ, to understand the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus coming out of the grave. What better? <laughs> I can't think of anything better. Well, then that's, that's when we move into, and this is where it gets difficult. People, you know, they'll sign up for that and they'll, okay, he's with me. But then the next level of that, as Paul talked about, to rejoice in their sufferings. Now, that's, that's a little different than going through it or surviving it. Well, the rejoicing would be for weeping endureth for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to finish this with this final, these final verses, but it just brings the point home. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. That is... <laughs> It's probably not our first inclination, is it? Hard to do. Very difficult to do. But I was saying to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's not an easy prescription to take, is it? Do good to them that hate you. Mm. Yikes. (laughs) Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. Yeah, that's a little different than not being mean to them. <laughs> See, I think that's the difference between <laughs> that's being... That's proactive. That's not even like restraining yourself from being mean to them. That's like, I have to pray for them? Well, it's a difference, too, between being just a martyr mm-hmm. and really being the representation of a living Savior. Jesus. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, persecute you that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Mm-hmm. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans. So be therefore perfect. Even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. And, and I'm going to give this back to you, but I, I want to say this real quickly. That's really what we're saying is the process of redemption has both parts. First, second great commandment. Old, New Testament. Dying in that way. Acknowledging our sin nature and allowing God and His righteousness. This is the way that we otherwise bring then the new wine. Mm -hmm. The new covenant into existence. This is how we fulfill then the second of the great commandments. You have to learn not to be selfish. Mm -hmm. But that's perfection. That's completion. You have to see all of that. You can't just take one or the other. Can't just take the Old Testament and preach it solely. You can't just take the New Testament and preach it solely. It's complete, but it's complete in Christ. And that's why Jesus never moved off of the Old Testament. Never. Never put it down, even like with John the Baptist. He said, because John preaching a, a message of salvation, of righteousness, repentance unto righteousness, 
Uh, he didn't say, John, you got it wrong, man. It's time to change. That's an old paradigm. You should just do away with that stuff. Don't you know that that just puts people in condemnation? Don't you know once you start saying that, people are not going to listen very long. If you get a little bit emotional about that, if you start to go there too much, if you identify with their suffering too much, if you put on too much of those emotions or get into their struggling and their strife, you're just going to lose them. You know, that's like the disciples said to Jesus when he started to take the Pharisees on. Yeah, this is, these are tough words, Jesus. And then Jesus said, well, what do you think? Who do you think I am? Hmm. It's complete. You have to do that. Right. They may run, but if you don't teach them that, if you don't show them that, I don't know that they really understand salvation. Right. Everybody just wants to run around and say, oh... You be just whoever you want to be, Carolyn, and I'm going to love you. You're right about everything. Even if there's absolutely, totally no reality in it, it's just a fantasy, that's, you know, that's bizarre. Mm -hmm. There's no basis to that. It's sad. It's, it makes my heart sad. because, And then they buy into a lie because... You know, that looks appealing. That makes sense. So I'm going to believe that. <laughs> and it just makes my heart sad because the truth is there. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he always pointed people towards him in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, both. And we have to have it all. We have to have both. And I agree with what you said, that there's no way to fulfill the second commandment until we do the first. We, we can't do either or. It has to be both. And so I just, I really appreciate that because that awareness helped me tremendously in my understanding of God and then what He wants from me or how He wants to work through me. And that's ultimately, isn't that what we all want? To follow Him and follow what He wants and to walk in His footsteps? I mean, that's, that's to me, you know, I, I feel like, the Holy Spirit is with me, yes, but I'm still going to follow Him where He's leading me. And that it's not always pretty, but He promised to be with me. So it would not be offensive to you. You're right, Carolyn. It would not be offensive to you if I said that the basis of everything we do at Covenants, the foundation is what we read this morning based in the Beatitudes of Sermon on the Mount. It would not offend you in the least bit that I would say then that anybody that comes to see you or me or anyone else that would be working with us at Covenants, that we're going to start with this premise, which doesn't mean, again, we won't help. We're not the paraclete, but the paraclete lives within us. It's not that we won't comfort it's not that we won't accept that certain people aren't quite there yet. Mm -hmm. And we're not right. going to chase people off. And again, we're not going to shame them, right. make them feel guilty. But we just really need, I think, and you'd have to tell me if you think it's right, that they just need to understand this is all part of God's plan of not only saving them, but this is their key that would unlock not only the door that's locked, that they're coming to get some assistance or guidance or some encouragement or whatever it is that we can give them out of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to unlock that door. But it unlocks every door that you should encounter, even up to the final, <laughs> the gate 
gates of heaven. <laughs> you don't want the key that unlocks the door to the gates of hell. It's not even locked. It's wide open. The devil does not care. Satan does not care. Wander on in if you want to. Right. <laughs> but the keys to the kingdom. It's under lock and key. It's not under lock and key to keep people out. It's just the two flaming swords. You just can't get back in unless you go pass through those. And it's the same thing. It's Old Testament, New Testament. Mm-hmm. It's the two great commandments. It's the Ten Commandments, which comes down to, I should have said that earlier, but comes down to the same ones that God gave Moses on the mountain, Mount Sinai. It's the two great commandments. But you have to do them together mm-hmm. and allow the Holy Spirit to continue. But would that offend you if I said this is the basis for all of our counseling? No, absolutely not, because that is the truth, and that's what we have to sort of start on, our foundation. And everything sort of flows from that. We start there, and the awareness comes, the Holy Spirit comes, and enlightens, and inspires, encourages, and motivates. And then hopefully, uh, after someone has come in, then they not only feel more confident in what's happening, but they also feel prepared to live that out. So it's one thing to just say, oh, I feel better. That's not only my goal. The goal is to be able to live that out and to make that scene in action. And therefore, that's true belief when they're acting on it. So... um I would not be accused of pirating. I would not be accused of uh, antitrust. I'm thinking the product key. <laughs> Remember when you used to have to have a product key? Yes. They don't have the product key anymore because everything's online. And I guess you do, but you don't have to worry about it. They've got it. And if you paid for it, they'll keep track of it. They keep track of everything you know. <laughs> but it used to be you couldn't unlock it unless you had a product key. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the key. And we gave it away. Now, I wish that we'd be doing this more in broadcast sort of terms, uh, but we had to sort of scale back a bit on that, or at least for sustainability, had to look at that a little differently, mm-hmm. wanted to reach a little bit different audience. But podcast listeners, <laughs> you've got the key. And if you would want to otherwise get a little bit more maybe assistance from somebody who also possesses the key, then you can come see us. You want to tell your friends about it. That's okay, too. You know, there's no antitrust. You're not going to get in trouble for giving away the product key. God's made this quite clear. It's obviously so. He put it in print, and it's distributed throughout the world. There's no one that doesn't know of Jesus. There's no one that doesn't know the Word. There's just all those folks who choose not to go by it, or Mm -hmm. they may think it's a great idea. It's a good story. It's a good story. (laughs) But they don't want to live it because living it, it's not necessarily the way of the human aspiration. You know, the hidden, the selfish dimension. Mm -hmm. So, as always, Carol, you're right. But could you also tell our listeners how to get a hold of us? Should. They want you to share some of your rightness with them. Well, hopefully I can do this right. (laughs) You can give us a call at 304-528-9220. And you can also go online to covenantsonline.org. Is that right? Covenantsonline.com. Yes. I corrected myself. There's too many websites. (laughs) 
<laughs> when you when they create books to keep all your passwords, you know that there's something yes. wrong. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, we'd love to hear you um, email us. We'd love to hear your feedback and just hear what you think of our podcast or if there's something you'd like for us to address. That would be acceptable as well. Email us at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we've already heard back from some of our listeners. And I'm hearing people mention our little spot on uh, the radio. On Walk FM. So uh, somebody told me that yesterday at church that they uh, been hearing me on the radio. So I thought that was pretty awesome. But uh, we'd love to see you in person so we can meet our listeners and see what God wants to do with us. So the phone number. I gave it once. 304. Uh-huh. Give it again. 304-528-9220. Give and us a call. you Facebook. And we're also on Facebook. You can also get our podcast on our Facebook page under Covenants. Yes. So. So many things. It is. And it's just hard to keep up with all that stuff. So it was a bit surprising, but really not. Everybody knows we're going to talk about Jesus. Um, That's the answer to everything. Jesus. But what might be surprising is how much that gets into everything that we do if he does, if we allow him to. Exactly. So with that thought in mind, again, want to invite our podcast listeners, you are listeners back for our next edition of What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And once more, it's okay. You can tell all your neighbors and friends how to find us. And really all they have to do is go on their favorite search engine and type in What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care and put my name in since I'm on registry as the author. And uh, you'll find it'll come up in the search engines. But until then, Carolyn, we want to bless all those that otherwise we could bless with this thought in mind. God loves you. Mm -hmm. Just share that love with others. Uh, And uh, again, receive that blessing. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It's a gift of God. It's our salvation. Until our next edition, 